Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribu- Tribune, covering all things Pokes. Um, we're going to review quickly Wyoming's uh, 33-10 victory over Northern Colorado last week and look ahead to the ginormous Air Force game at War Memorial Stadium on Friday night. And we're also going to break down our Mountain West picks. Of course, uh, Robert Gagliardi is joining me. Robert, how was your weekend? A good weekend. Uh, exciting for the for Pokes fans, at least the last part of the fourth quarter, I think, was. But uh, it was a good weekend. And uh, looking forward to this week, a short week for, for the Cowboys. But look, certainly looking forward. Very intriguing. I think, Ryan, you can you can agree that anytime Wyoming and Air Force play, it's intriguing. Um I think it's among one of the Wyoming's best rivalries uh, out there uh, within the conference and overall. And it's a short week and a very good Air Force team. And still, I think, a decent amount of uncertainties for this Wyoming team going into going into this game. Absolutely. I mean, did you learn anything from the Northern Colorado game? The defense was pretty smothering. The offense was pretty mediocre, you know, settling for a lot of field goals. Um you know, overall, they took care of business against an FCS opponent, something Utah State and others were unable to do. So it was kind of a mixed bag, but I think defensively, they definitely took some momentum from that game. Absolutely. I thought that was a, a very good defensive effort, really, from, from start to finish, Ryan. They really didn't allow Northern Colorado a whole lot. Um thought the front was really good. I mean, it, you know, it knocked the, you know, the starting quarterback out of the game absolutely brutalized the backup quarterback who maybe both were going to play anyway, but Sermon, just from listening to it, Ryan, I wasn't able to go to the game, but just listening to it, he got pounded in that game. And that was very encouraging, not the guy got hurt, but just encouraging of the defensive effort that Wyoming gave, you know, in the offense, you're right. You know, I don't know. It sounded like Ryan, you know, from your stuff and from post game that I think Craig Bull kind of had an idea, look, we're going to kind of, kind of grind this out. We're going to wear them down kind of, you know, similar to most, offensive game plans I think the Cowboys have but Northern Colorado's credit I think they they kind of stood up to that uh you know forcing field goals instead of touchdowns you know again I Andrew Peasley completed a decent amount of passes but there wasn't a lot of uh you know deep shots or the deep shots this time just you know they didn't connect on them I thought it was very I don't know somewhat of a vanilla offense and stuff but then it got it you know they got it clicked around and you know, we've seen Wyoming play a lot of these close games. They were able to finish off Northern Colorado. Maybe they had just wore them down to the point where that was just too much for them to overcome. But thought they finished the game well. And um, even though the game was certainly still in question, you know, well into the fourth quarter, I like how Wyoming finished the game. I would have liked to seen touchdowns instead of field goals early. But, you know, they, they took care of business. Um, but there's still concerns there, I think, Ryan. I, I'm curious what you think. I Thought the loss of Frank Crum on the offensive line was a hurt him. Although it sounded like the retro freshman they put in, at least from listening to it, held his own. Um, you know, not seeing the game, not watching film. I don't know how that how that broke down, but I still think this offense still certainly has made strides from the Illinois game, but still lacks some consistency and still needs to just just be better and more efficient overall. Yeah, and uh, I guess if you're looking at the the positives, you know, I thought, you know, Shea Sua Noah, the weak side linebacker, was really spectacular. He, you know, had a huge sack on Dylan McCaffrey to start the game off. You know, McCaffrey 
his dad ended up pulling him because he was hurting, you know, midway through the game. And they really, you know, got after Jacob Sermon even more. There was one series, I remember, there was a three and out where they hit his legs all three plays and he had trouble getting up. Uh, we kind of saw that with Logan Bonner last year, Wyoming's best, you know, defensive effort, I thought, last year. Uh, so that's encouraging. You know, Olu Omotosho had three sacks. You know, Shea was the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. I think Olu had an argument for that. So that's a good sign. Those two, you remember Craig Bull a couple of weeks ago said they're not household names, but they will be. I think those two are on their way there. Um, you know, just it's funny. Craig Bull this year is totally different with his demeanor. You know, I was asking him the question about the youth and, you know, did you feel better about the film after watching what happened to Utah State and with, you know, the Sun Belt East dominating power five opponents and that sort of thing. I mean, you did win by 23. You wanted to have that lead at halftime. You it didn't come till the fourth quarter. And Craig told some funny anecdotes about how, uh, you know, Emmanuel Pregnon, the, the starting right guard, you know, they score a touchdown and he just comes off the field to chill and forgot about the extra point. Uh, then Olu comes up to him during the game and's like, hey, coach, uh, my thumb's kind of sore. Do you think I can take a practice off this week? <laughs> of course, the old Craig Bull might have got really <laughs> red-faced and exploded on those guys. They're both redshirt freshmen. This Craig Bull is like, no, young fella, you need to – be out there for the extra point and you need to be at practice on Sunday. It's kind of, Craig's having fun with this young team. I know fans are probably up and down with it, the inconsistency, but uh, that's what you're going to get this year. And uh, I, I think you got to like the strides on defense over the three games. And you just hope Peasley in the passing game can be more steady. You know, they had the rock bottom moment at Illinois and then they were the heroes against Tulsa in the shootout, and then there was kind of a mediocre game, although Joshua Cobbs made a, a sports center worthy play, and Wyatt Wheeland also had a nice catch. So I think even though they didn't have any touchdown passes, they they gained some confidence that if you do throw it up to those guys, they can make a play. What were, what was your take on on Peasley's performance, Ryan? You, you know, like I said, his completion percentage was decent, it seemed like. Nothing real, nothing real deep, nothing real long or anything, was it? Was it just kind of average? Was it um, was he a little off? Was he off? Was he maybe not that good? What was what was your take of that? Again, I know we've talked a lot about this, Ryan, where you know it all kind of centers around the quarterback, but you know there's protection, there's routes, there's this and that. Just kind of what was your overall impression of, of Peasley and I guess the passing game? I think he was a little off. You know, Wheeland dropped a very tough catch in the end zone, and then Peasley missed a couple other guys in the end zone by inches. You know, they're just off. The plays were there. I talked to Tim Polasek, the offensive coordinator, on Monday. And, you know, everyone assumes that Craig Bull is not into analytics. But Tim Polasek, I don't know if he executes analytics, but he looks at them. And he said, um, according to his research, to win a Mountain West championship, you need at least five explosive offensive plays per game. And he said they had an opportunity for 14 and obviously didn't get really very many of them. Mm -hmm. um, but he said he's not discouraged. He's told the guys, the encouraging thing is those plays are there for us. We can make be an explosive offense. We just need to execute. So I, I think that's interesting that they have it dialed down to they need five home run type plays per game, whether that's a long run by Titus 
Uh, they did have the one 22-yard touchdown run late. Or, you know, these, you know, the, the two touchdowns against Tulsa, for example, those type of plays So in the passing game. So um, it's a work in progress. They know what they have to do, and they know uh, it's a, a very tall task this week against what Craig Vol said is the best Air Force team he's coached against. And it's a team that I've been voting in the top AP top 25 all year long. And I, I'm guessing everyone else is going to catch up to that thinking as we go on in the season here. Yeah. You know, I saw Craig's comments about that. I think it's, I don't know if, you know, might be the, the best Air Force team that the Craig's faced. It's in a, to me, Ryan covering, you know, wanting football for 25 years, it's one of the better Air Force teams, at least I've seen. Um, you know, it's, I don't know if it's the best Troy Calhoun's ever had. It's it's among the best, at least at this point. I know there's a lot of season left and everything, but it's a pretty good team. And yeah, you know, it's centered around, you know, they got the, you know, they got a good quarterback, you know, Roberts is, is a heck of a runner fullback, you know, and we all know in the triple option scheme that they run or the, or the patterns, you know, Troy Callens is, you know, they'll say they, they run a multiple offense. Okay. It's triple option. Multiple is what it is. It's just, that's, that's what it is. But, um, but they also pretty good defensively, Ryan. And, you know, they're bigger along the offensive line than they've been. They've been, seems like they've been getting bigger every year, but you know, it's another big physical offensive line. You know, they're, they're fast to the ball on defense. Uh, this I'd agree with Craig. It may be, this may be the best air force team he's faced to this point. To me, this is one of Troy Calhoun's, what, in 16 years or something. This is what, I don't know if it's his best team yet. That remains to be seen. But this is one of the best, I would say. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before when I was in Vegas. You know, I voted them to win the Mountain Division, and I think they'll win the Mountain West uh, based on what we've seen so far. And I told Calhoun that in Vegas, and he said, you're crazy. Why would you do that to me? And he said basically that Hazik Daniels and Roberts had offseason surgery and missed spring. And I was like, they'll be ready to roll come fall. And I was right. And he was just trying to downplay everything. Speaking of Calhoun, kind of an interesting figure in, in Wyoming Air Force history. You know, this is the 10 year anniversary of Mr. Howdy Doody. I'm sure you covered that game. I'm sure it was a wild couple of days for you and Dave Christensen. Um, but Air Force has not won in Laramie since that night, uh, that controversial ending. Uh, of course, 2020, they didn't show up because of COVID. Um, and 18, uh, Tyler Vanderwall, I believe, had a wild comeback against them, you know, a game Air Force should have won. So, uh, you know, Calhoun on his press conference this week was asked about kind of why is Wyoming such a tough place for you guys to get wins? And he had kind of a funny answer. You know, he's like, off the top of my head, I think they have some pretty good players. Uh, he's like, I think there was a quarterback named Allen, if I remember, that was pretty good. I think uh, watching the Super Bowl, there were the, the Mike linebacker they had that was pretty good. He basically said Wyoming always has very good personnel, and I know he always downplays how hard it is to be an Air Force football player, but there is something to that. Um, is that the case this year? Does Wyoming have the talent to overcome the scheme of Air Force? Well, I, I don't know, Ryan. I, I, you know, talent's one thing, and I, I think, you know, we're show, we've seen signs that there's this this can be a a pretty good football team, and I think there's some talent. I just don't know how much that talent's been nurtured yet. And you know, talent's one thing, but also execution and discipline against a team like Air Force. So you can say that about any team you play, obviously, but especially against Air Force with those 
triple option schemes and assignment oriented football. You know, you hear those kind of sayings or even cliches time and time again. I'm not, I think talent, talent level wise, I think there's maybe one, I think Wyoming's maybe there, but, it, but it all goes to execution. And a lot of these guys that are frontline players for Wyoming is not, have not gone against this. And I know they go against it in practice. I know, I don't know how much you were able to see a fall camp, Ryan, but I know a lot of the times when I was covering fall camp, even if we weren't able to see all of practice, they would take some parts of practice and, and work on triple option schemes, especially if they were playing Air Force earlier in the season like they are now. You know, they wouldn't take a whole practice or anything, but they would they would take that. But that's one thing to simulate that in practice, let alone to go against it at real speed with real, really talented guys running it. So I'm a little bit leery. I, I think Wyoming does have good players. I don't want to – I'm not downplaying that, but just that level of intensity and the level of execution that it takes to – contain that offense and not just you know from the first series but you know through the, the grind of an entire game I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that stands up and even if it means if, if Wyoming does maybe this team's a little further along defensively than maybe a lot of people give it credit for if it doesn't doesn't mean that this team's hopeless on defense it just means maybe it's not quite there yet so that's going to be something interesting to see but you know for me, it's always early on, you know, to get used to that speed. If, you know, if they go down in the first two, three series, it's just like, you know, knife through butter. That's one thing. But I'll be interested to see how this team responds to it because a lot of guys, some guys have, you know, Easton Gibbs has seen this, you know, a few other guys have, but a lot of guys really haven't. So I'm really, really curious to see how this defense responds to that Friday night, especially early on. Well, I know why I mean – certainly doesn't have the talent at quarterback of one Josh Allen. I don't think anybody in the world does other than the Buffalo Bills. He was so unique. But Calhoun did kind of say that Wyoming has upgraded the quarterback position with Andrew Peasley, and he speaks from experience, given that Peasley came in in the second half and threw three touchdowns to lead Utah State to a 47-45 victory at Falcon Stadium last year. That proved to be a pivotal game in the Mountain West race as the Aggies went on to win the Mountain West and, and Air Force settled for, you know, just a double-digit ho-hum season for that win season for them. Uh, can Peasley do it again? Totally different system at Wyoming, but he has, you know, a little bit of a swagger and, and he's beaten Air Force's defense badly uh, in one half. You know, and I think, too, we've seen it in a very small sample size, Ryan, but obviously we saw the, the debacle at Illinois and how bad, you know, everything was, and, you know, Peasley included, okay. Then he bounces back against Tulsa. And, and last week against Northern Colorado, like you said, right, he wasn't, Peasley wasn't bad by any stretch, but like I said, he maybe he's just a little off. Maybe, you know, we've seen how he can, quote-unquote, bounce back. And, again, he's not coming off a, a horrible game or anything like that. But, you know, it's, it's also, it's the first conference game. Uh, it's curious your take to me this is a rivalry game you know maybe it's not the border war it's not wyoming csu or anything but to me this is this is second on wyoming's list as far as rivalry goes i think so um there's that you know we'll just see how they they kind of rise to this you know um i'll be very curious but we have seen peasley bounce back and again it's this isn't like an epic bounce back if he you know, plays out of out of you know plays out of this world football on Friday night because he did didn't play horrible at all last weekend. But we'll see. We've seen him about. We've seen Andrew Peasley bounce back, and it seems like Ryan that this kid, uh, being around him, he has a very good demeanor 
to be a quarterback, kind of like a defensive back, kind of short-term memory. If things go bad, you put it out of your mind. Even if things go good, it's on to the next one. I like, from a distance, I like Andrew Peasley's mentality. It's not, maybe not get too high and don't get too low. You know, I kind of like that. I think that's a very important thing for any athlete and any football player, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, I think there's a reason why he's the t- team captain and uh, one of the team captains and and, and why this Craig Bowl and others were so emotional in, in defending him after the Illinois game. So uh, this will be a big one, obviously, for Peasley and the Pokes. Uh, you mentioned Easton Gibbs. You know, he got a good taste of this game last year. Uh, now he's the middle linebacker. We mentioned Shea is playing well beside him right now. Um, Olu and the guys up front are getting a good pass rush. You may or may not need a pass rush at all in this game. Uh, but I think Wyoming's defense is encouraged that even though Tulsa threw for a lot of yards, Wyoming shut them down running the ball less than two yards a carry. They completely shut down Northern Colorado running the ball. That's a good sign going into this, but it's all about assignment and alignment and discipline, like you said. Um, I, I kind of like the fact that, you know, even though Gibbs isn't as big as Muma and Logan Wilson, uh, even though the defensive ends aren't that big, they're fast guys. And this is all about pursuit. Uh Maybe the key to this game is the safety position. You have Wyatt Eckler in there, Miles Williams, Isaac White. These are guys that have been around for a while, but this is their really true test, you know, as starters or rotation guys. Uh, it's going to be key. I, they, I'm not sure they have an Andrew Wingard, but I think they hope, uh, especially White and Eckler can be that type of player down the road. Just in your years of covering this rivalry, and it is a rivalry, uh, the game next week, I don't really think is much of a rivalry anymore um, at BYU. What do you think the key to Wyoming beating Air Force, good Air Force teams is? Well, I think it starts with, you know, assignment oriented, whether you're the nose guard or you're the, you know, the free safety or strong safety. It starts with that. I think it, as best you can, I think guys like Bertinoli and, and Goodbow are going to be important to kind of stuff that stuff the fullback dive. As best you can, they're going to get some yards, Ryan. I don't, you know, Wyoming's not. No one's going to go in and just stone Air Force's run game, okay? But if you can, if you can at least contain the the, the the fullback dive to start with, and then you're making Air Force go out on the perimeter, and then you just mentioned it, Wyoming's defense is maybe not as big, but it's fast, you know, you know, and, and make it out like that, and then and obviously keep your assignments, and then be really, really short tacklers. Because if you, you know, a, a missed tackle here and there, Ryan, could mean a, anything, you know, uh, can make a two or three or five-yard gain into a 50-yard gain. So, you know, be assignment sound, get off blocks. Um, you know, fullback dive's got to be where it starts for them to stop that or contain that, and then be sure tacklers. You know, to me, this this has a chance for whether it's, it's White Eckler Miles Williams has been around a while, I know, but you're right into the limelight. You know, the other guys, to me, you know, Andrew Wingard had some of his best football games against Air Force. Okay. You you know, I could see someone like a White Eckler really having like, not uh, to me, he's played some very good football so far for this team through three games. This could be a coming out for him, so to speak, because of, of all the tackles and all the responsibilities he's going to have. They all do. Not one guy's more important than the other when you're trying to defend Air Force, but I could see someone like an Eckler or you know Stone or you know all the all these other safety type guys. These guys could have big games. I just have a feeling Wyatt. We're going to hear Wyatt Eckler's name a lot Friday night, 
And hopefully it's, it's because it's, it's, it's good things, not because he's trying to chase someone down. I just think he has a chance, but fullback dive is the start. Simon on it and, and be sure tacklers. If they do that, Wyoming is going to give itself a chance to at least be in the game with them. Yeah. If you recall last year, obviously uh, it was 14, 14 at half. And then Sean Chambers, just his confidence kind of crumbled in the second half and he lost a couple of fumbles, but even in that 24, 14 loss, which really had a hangover effect on Wyoming's entire season, I think uh, it was their first loss of the year and it was the conference opener and they went on the slide after that. Uh, but but Bertinoli and Goodbow, you know, you recall Air Force had a couple fourth and two, fourth and ones at near midfield where they punted. And that was because those guys were winning the line of scrimmage battle um, in the second half. Now Air Force came out and had a good first drive and and obviously had two scoring drive, long scoring drives in the first half. But, uh, you know, it was the passing game that beat Wyoming's defense last time around, not the running game. So uh, I think they learned from that. Uh, I know they like their secondary better than last year, but you got to you got to put up. Uh, when it's on, when the game's on the line. So uh, fascinating game. We'll talk about it more as we get into our picks here, um, which were brutal, Robert. Just I really hope fans out there are fading us with their betting apps and, and making some money with this podcast because I think we had similar picks last year, last week. We were both 2-5-2. and two which brings my total to 7, 12, and 2 on the season and yours to 6, 13, and 2. Uh, the two pushes were Boise State, 1 by 17, that was the number, and Wyoming uh, in the FCS line we found was 23, and they and they get there at the end. So uh, you ready to to turn this thing around? Well, we can only go anywhere but up, Ryan, again, I – it's early though. We're just we're just getting warmed up. We're getting a feel for the season and stuff. At least that's what I'm trying to tell myself. But you know, the, we we got to get better. So let's let's give it a shot. Let's let's give it another go. All right. One of my uh, rare wins last week was uh, UNLV covering at Cal. Now the Rebels are three point favorite at home to North Texas. I I, I really think Marcus Arroyo is going to flirt with a bowl this year. I, I like the Rebels to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, North Texas isn't bad though, Ryan, you know, they're, they're, you know, ah. UNLV, I probably lost more. Well, we're not, we're, we're not betting on money. I probably lost on UNLV more than I lost on anybody in this league <laughs> when we do these picks. But if you know what though, I'm, I'm going kind of on, on your, on your coattails here. If UNLV is going to flirt with the bowl or, or start turning things around, this is a game that wins. Okay. They're at home. A pretty decent opponent, you know, and they're not playing a pat, you know, they're not playing Cal or anything, but I'll go with you. I'm gonna I'll say this is a big game for them. The Rebels find a way and they do cover and, and, and get that win at home. All right. Boise State's hosting UT Martin. We're not gonna pick that one. That's a get well game for the Broncos on the blue turf. Uh how about this one? Uh the Pete Caligus licking his chops game, Colorado State. Plus 17 at Washington State. Uh, of course, when Coach Caligus was with Wyoming for all those years, I believe his border war record was 10 and 4, 9 and 4, something like that. Whatever it was, he, he's got a chance to add to his total there. Um, I'm going to take 
I'm going to take Colorado State to cover. They were awful last week against Middle Tennessee State. It was a worse debacle than Wyoming at Illinois by a long stretch when you consider where the game was and the opponent and all that. Uh, Wazoo's coming off an emotional high of, of beating Wisconsin on the road. And I just think they're going to be looking ahead to Pac-12 play. I think the Cougars win, but the Sheep cover uh, just because of the emotions of the game. You know, I, I'm a little surprised. Of, of I'm not, you know, look, you know, Colorado State lost to Michigan. The, the middle Tennessee game was just mine. I saw the halftime. Was it 27 nothing at halftime, I think, or something along those lines? I'm like, whoa. And then they, you know, seemed like they played a little better in the second half. But I'm I'm kind of with you, and I'm more on the lines that just it's going to be – it was a very emotional win for, for Washington State, and there's going to be a little hangover there. I think Washington State wins. They've got not just Pete Calicus, but obviously Jake Dickert, A.J. Cooper. They know a lot about Colorado State, and not just even though it's a new coach. They played Jay Norvell in Nevada, so they, they're familiar with a lot of that stuff. You know, but I, I think Washington – I think Colorado State also covers – Maybe it's a late cover. I don't know. Maybe it's garbage time cover. I don't know. But I'm not sure if Washington State's a is is fully capable of just just absolutely blowing someone out like that. You know. But I guess we'll wait and see. But I think the Rams also cover that. Just a quick aside. Uh, you know, obviously Norvell brought in several Nevada wide receivers, and for whatever reason, Dante Wright was not playing hardly at all, and he is now in the portal. I thought he was one of Colorado State's. Very best players last year, very dangerous wide receiver. If I were Wyoming's coaching staff, I would uh, dip into that portal and say, hey, any any thought to changing sides in the border war before you go anywhere else? I would, I would definitely look at that. I would, I would, I agreed. When I saw that, Ryan, I thought the same thing. It's like, you know what? Uh, I thought he's been one of their more dynamic playmakers in the past. I don't know what's the situation is now but I, I think in this day and age i think you at least see if there's any interest there i agree with you 100 percent. all right we picked in nevada incarnate word, word whatever they are last week even though we didn't know if they were fcs or fbs they were fcs we picked it anyway we lost the wolf pack was run over by incarnate word and now after suffering their first loss of the ken wilson era in embarrassing fashion the Wolfpack is plus 23 at Iowa a team that can't score has close to scoring 23 points I am still I'm gonna go with Nevada my goodness you know I'm not trying to just follow your coattails <laughs> I'm with you I don't one I don't know if if anyone can score 23 points I don't know if Iowa can score 23 points um but if any, if they can't against Nevada, because you know if, if if Incarnate Word can put up the, the the offense and the numbers they did, you know Iowa's got to get better somehow. But I think Nevada will bounce back a little bit. I think Iowa wins it, maybe fairly comfortably. But I th- twenty three points. I, I, I mean, that's just unfounded. I just don't you know, the way Iowa's played on offense at least. So I think I I think Nevada covers that. I'm not picking Nevada to win it by any means, but I think Nevada covers it. Yeah, I think Iowa is going to win like 18 to nothing with a blocked punt for a touchdown, an def- interception for a touchdown, and two safeties. <laughs> Something like that. But they're, they're not, their offense is terrible. So uh, uh, Nevada, let's see what you can do to cover that. Um, this is kind of a fun game. You know, uh, UTEP is a three-point favorite at New Mexico. So you have Dana Demel on one side, 
you know, Rocky Long calling the defense on the other side. It's a it's a regional rivalry. I'm gonna go Lobos because they're at home and they're not there yet, but they're turning a corner. UTEP had a fun bowl season last year. I think they're gonna take a step back this year. I'll go Lobos to win or at least cover three. Well, I kind of want to lean that way, but you know, from a, from afar, I think Dan Dimmel's trying to get you know bring UTEP out of the the depths of just of just of awfulness. And you know, you're right; he's not there yet. But it seems like some strides are being made. Um, I think I'm going to go with I'm going to go with UTEP. I think that was a big game for New Mexico last week. You know, hosting Boise, prime time. You know, wanted to kind of make a statement, didn't really work out for him. Think a little might be a little bit of a hangover from that, so I'm going to go with UTEP. I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take the miners in that one and see if uh you know maybe I can catch up to you or maybe get something right in these picks this week. So I'm going to I'm going to go with the miners in this one. All right, San Diego State is a 21 point underdog at Utah. The Aztecs beat the Utes last year in Carson, California. The same year the Utes went to the Rose Bowl. Uh I think Utah is going scorched earth right now to make up for that Florida game. And they have to, they have to murder everyone in the PAC 12 and the rest of their games to be considered for the playoff after dropping that opener. So uh, I like Utah to, to beat the Aztecs by more than 21. I I do too, Ryan. I think you're, I think Utah is going to try to make a statement as much as they possibly can. And, it just seems like Ryan that it's kind of the same San Diego State. I think they've got good players that they are they are good defensively, but it just doesn't seem like they're getting anything out of the quarterback play right now, you know. And I think you know it, they got away with it against Utah last year. I think Utah also remembers that last year too. Let alone what how they started the season with the tough loss of Florida. So I think they're going to take it out on the Aztecs. But boy, San Diego State better get something figured out at quarterback, or it's gonna be it's gonna be rough for them this year. All right, uh, we're not going to pick Hawaii versus Duquesne, and I'm not staying up for that one to watch it either on some whatever weird channel it's on. So uh, our final game before Wyoming is Fresno State Get is plus 12 at USC. They lost a heartbreaker on the last play of the game to Oregon State. Otherwise, they'd probably be in the top 25 as well. Um, I'm going to take Fresno State to cover. Um, I was listening to uh, – John Canzano, the great former column, columnist of the Oregonian. Now he has his own website. He does a lo- great coverage of the Pac-12. And he, before the Fresno-Oregon State game, pointed out, and he's very familiar with Fresno State. He's from that area. That they, A lot of their players were probably actually looking ahead to the USC game because they're all from California. And that's the game they had circled. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think Oregon State just pulled out a great win there. But you know the Bulldogs are up for this one. I remember that old game when they played Reggie Bush and those guys. It was just a highly entertaining game. I think uh, the Trojans win, but the Bulldogs cover 12. You know, I was very impressed with USC in their opener against Stanford last week, or their, at least their Pac-12 opener. Um, again, I don't. I think Fresno State's better than Stanford. Um, but I think Lincoln Riley's, you know, USC is basically all the Pac-12 has right now, Ryan. Um, maybe they got Oregon State, you know, they they're off to a good start. But I I think I know this is a big game for Fresno. It always is, you know. Um, but I think 
I think USC, I'm going to go with USC to cover that at home. I think they're going to, they're going to, I think Lincoln Riley has maybe something brewing down there. Maybe not this year, but I, I don't know. Don't count them out. I'm, I'm going to go with the Trojans to cover that. All right. And finally, Wyoming hosting Air Force. Um, I think it opened at 17, but I'm seeing it right now as 15. So uh, that's very interesting. It looks like people are, you know, betting Wyoming, wherever that is. I don't know if that's nationally or locally, but the line has come down a little bit. Uh, I am going to take the Air Force Falcons, not because I don't think Wyoming can compete with them. I just, I just really believe this is a good Air Force team. You know, I have them ranked in the top 20. Uh, I know they're not in the top 25, but I voted them uh, pretty high up there. I just think Wyoming's going to learn a lot with these next two weeks against Air Force and BYU. And then if they can kind of right the ship after that, I think they're going to, they're going to have some success in the mountain West, but this is the one mountain West team, the bookends they're home against Air Force. They finish against Fresno state. I think the, uh, the six games in between that are all winnable conference games wise. So uh, I just think Air Force is too much and, and Calhoun uh, gets that uh, win 10 years after Mr. Howdy Doody and, and, a, and a better greeting from Craig Bull after this one. Yeah, I kind of think the same way, Ryan. I, you know, I think Wyoming's capable, you know, especially if they kind of like they had the mentality with the UNC game offensively. I think they're going to have to grind this out. I think their best defense may be keeping their defense on the field and, and possessing it offensively and methodically driving it down and then obviously finishing with touchdowns. And I just think, it just Air Force is just too much, you know. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think Wyoming could play well. It wouldn't surprise me if Wyoming even wins. Well, it would surprise me if Wyoming wins. But I, I'm going to go with Air Force in this one too, Ryan. I just think this – I think just Air Force is too good right now. Um, hope I'm wrong. Um, you know, these are usually good games. That's a, it, To me, it's a rivalry game. That's a lot of points in a rivalry. But it's just hard for me on paper – and looking at the numbers, it's hard for me to, to bet against Air Force at this point, especially what they've done early on. And I just I got to go with the Falcons here. Yeah, they lead the FBS in rushing. You know, that's what they do, obviously, at over 500 yards a game. Number two on the list is Minnesota at about 300 yards a game. Uh, and the poor Colorado Golden Buffaloes <laughs> lost 41-10 to Air Force, and Brad Roberts ran all over them. Now they play at Minnesota, so – they are gonna have they are currently last number 131 in rushing defense. So that's one half glass full thing. Wyoming's gonna be much better. This is the bet Wyoming is the best team Air Force has faced uh this season by far. And that's saying something given you know that's a, a sad commentary on the state of CU football right now. But uh another positive is Titus Swin. I talked to him on Monday. It usually takes two or three weeks to get those ribs right, and he's feeling better. He said he'll be 80 to 100%. You know, he he's kind of the X factor. If him and Peasley can move the sticks and have long drives and match them uh, score for score, whether that's, you know, 21-20 or 47-45 like Peasley did last year, um, they've got a chance. Um, but you can't make any mistakes. It's hard to turn Air Force over because they just don't – pass the ball enough to get interceptions. So, and, and Daniels and Roberts are good with ball security. So it's hard to turn them over, which means you can't give them field position with a turnover. So, you know, I think it's going to be a fun game, actually. I think it's going to be competitive and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. 
And, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to have the hangover should they lose like they did last year. It's a young team. It's a new team. And the expectations are high for Air Force, kind of where they were for Wyoming last year going into this game. Yeah, you, I, I, it's going to be interesting. But I just got a sneaking feeling that Wyoming's going to hold its own against Air Force's rush game, run game. I think Air Force is going to make a lot of hay in the past game or, or even or even going to try. You know, I think they're going to see, you know, Wyoming compensate for that round like a lot of teams do. And I think Air Force is going to think the difference in this game could be the Air Force's ability to hit some big plays down the field as Wyoming sucks up against the run and stuff like that. That to that to me, even though they like this secondary more and I do like this secondary, but that's just a different breed. And when you're playing run, 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 an option, option, they can suck you in. And I just think the, the, the difference in this game could be Air Force's big playability to make some plays down the field. One thing about Wyoming's, you know, red zone struggles last week and and also the the wild game against Tulsa is uh, John Hoyland is probably the Groza Award leader right now in the clubhouse. He leads the nation in field goals. He has the longest field goal in the country this year. And if it is a tight game, they'll have confidence in him for sure. So um, that's another thing to keep an eye on if, if Wyoming can keep it low scoring. Uh, anyway, we'll figure out uh, what happens Friday night. Um, should be a great atmosphere. I know a lot of people go to the high school games and stuff, but it's nationally televised. It's a night game. It's the conference opener. And I think you're hosting the best team in the conference. So it should be a fun, fun night uh, of football in Laramie. And make sure you check out all my coverage at trib.com. And Robert, thanks again for your insight and for joining me on the podcast and looking forward to, to talking about it next week. Looking forward. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Look forward to next week.